0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of This Rural Life with another solo show for you this week. And next week, we'll be back to interviews, which I'm very excited about. But there's something that's been on my mind a lot. Well, it's always on my mind, to be honest, but it's been on my mind again lately, quite prominently. And I actually wrote about it in my substack a couple of weeks ago. And it's this idea of feeling like you're not really achieving enough in life. And it's just been really front of mind for me again lately. And what I really grapple with actually is this kind of need to achieve matched with this actual craving inner peace and calm as well. And it's something that I really struggle to reconcile so much of the time. Like I'm, I feel like I'm constantly striving for more and like, I feel like I need to do more and I want to leave a legacy. And there's actually always been this part of me that wants to be famous. And then, I think that comes from riding horses. I've talked about this before. Like when I was growing up, I thought I was always going to be this Olympic dressage rider. And so it's just like I haven't been able to let that go or something. But then it's always matched with this also just sort of craving calm and peace and inner stability. And I kind of ebb and flow on this at times. Lately, this last couple of weeks, I've really been noticing this real pull again to do more. I've got to do more. I've got to achieve more. I need to be more. And it's been swept up with all of this Taylor Swift concert. And as I've shared on my socials and also in my newsletter, I have had massive FOMO. And there's something about when I see these concerts that are happening, it's not only the wanting to be in the vibe of it, but it's also like, honestly, I would love to be Taylor. The thought of 96,000 people cheering me on and the thought of entertaining 96,000 people just... Like, I just find that so exciting. I love a crowd. I love an audience. I love entertaining people. And there's just like, it's not a jealousy. It's, almost, it's just like a, it's like a an envy or something, like a feeling of, oh my God, I would love to do that. It's so bizarre because obviously I can't sing. Uh, so <laughs> I was never going to be a rock star, but it's just this, this, I don't know, when I actually do the work and I do the to me magnetic work and I tap back into, you have to tap back into memories from childhood and the moments that brought you the most joy and where you felt most alive and where you felt most you and, and the most safe. And one of the memories that comes up for me is when I was singing um, a Lion King song for a group of people at a pony club camp. And I was just I was entertaining them. I was singing by myself and I was just loving life. Like hilarious. Seriously. Who even am I? But I just remember that moment as just being so cool. I thought it was just the ant's pants singing away and I was I was singing like a funny song and I was being funny and I was entertaining them. And when I really tapped into it, it really was a feeling of like I was entertaining them that I loved. Uh, and I just think... It's that feeling that I'm really tapping into. I had the same feeling when Billy Joel was here and I went to the Billy Joel concert and I was like, I just want to be Billy Joel on that stage, entertaining all those people. And so what that does for me though, is when I get curious about that, it creates this gap between, well, I guess expectation and reality. Not that I ever thought that I would be Taylor Swift or Billy Joel entertaining 96,000 people, but I guess I had this expectation growing up that I would be known for something, that I would be... I guess famous for something like I used to sort of vision myself riding at the Olympics and I'd be doing the interviews and all that kind of stuff so I had that kind of feeling in me growing up and now there's still a part of me that yearns for that and it's like I have to kind of reconcile that all the time it's very weird I know like I feel weird saying it it's kind of embarrassing that I just wanted to be famous But it's something that I've been getting really curious about in this moment of sort of like, why do I feel this need to achieve? Why do I feel this need to kind of do more in the world? And why can't I just be settled in who I am and where I am and feel really comfortable and like, this is enough? Because at the same time, as I'm craving this more and doing and all these things, I'm super happy with life. Like, I feel so grateful for where I'm at. I feel so grateful for, you know, my family and Tim and the life we have And there's this yearning for more. And so this is what I've been trying to reconcile with lately and sort of mulling over in my mind and and working through. And it's just, you know, it's really made me think about like why that is. And I guess what I've come to is a couple of things. I've, I've done some research on this and I've got some tips for you on things that you can work with. But also I just had this knowing that it's okay to be grateful and want more. And I think that's something that we all need to be really aware of and just know that it's not, we don't need to beat ourselves up for wanting more all the time. I think there can be this sense of sort of like, it's not okay to want more and it's not okay to desire more. And it's like this when it comes to money and money is a big thing for me as well. I might do a whole episode on money, but it's the same thing when it comes to money. We sort of, well, I do. Tell me if you you feel the same. Beat yourself up for wanting more money. It's like there's this kind of so much stigma and shame around wanting more and, and yet there's a big part of us that yearns for more money. Like we all want to feel financially secure and safe and free. I think it's just a, you know, part of being a human in this world that we all hate having financial stress. It's, a, it's really hard when there's financial stress and it's a worry. So, of course, it's natural that we're going to want more money so we can feel safer and more secure. So... I think, but at the same time, again, for our lives, like, you know, we're in financial, I guess, there's a fair bit of financial pressure at the moment with the farm. And yet at the same time, we have actually a really good, comfortable quality of life that a lot of people would be really grateful for. And I am really grateful for it at the same time. So what I'm getting at is it's you can feel both. And actually the Mamma Mia girls talked about this on Out Loud, about this idea of like gratitude's gone overboard and, you know, uh, is it a be- is it becoming sort of toxic to be in gratitude? But, what I felt listening to that was you can be really, really grateful and also want more and that's okay. So it doesn't mean that like you're ungrateful if you're desiring more. And then also we do have to find, and this is what I keep coming back to in my spiritual work, is we do have to find a sense of being settled and okay in who we are. And And this is the battle that I am always facing is this internal conflict around feeling secure enough feeling confident enough, feeling comfortable enough, and sort of still wanting more, but not letting that take over. And I think that's the thing. And when I boil it down and get really curious as to this sort of like, what's the internal feeling? Like, why do I feel like I want more? And why is this constantly coming up? It does come down to this feeling of not enoughness. And so it's it's quite nuanced when you think about it, because while it's okay to be grateful and feel okay and want more, I feel like I can easily slip into the Wanting more taking over. So it's something that I have to be constantly aware of and thinking about and working with. And it's hard. And I don't know about you guys, if if any of you struggle with this as well, but I did get quite a lot of feedback after my sub stack of people who did relate to this feeling of kind of always wanting more and also feeling this desire for a sense of calm. And I guess what I've been noticing is this ebbs and flows and changes all the time. And I just have to be really, really aware of it. So there was a piece written by um, Susan Kane on her substack, The Quiet Life, which I follow. And I, she had some really good kind of suggestions about the mindset that we need to adopt around this. So it was about feeling stuck in life and where you are and these con- exactly this, the, the, the idea of having this conflict around wanting to have balance, but also these desires and the need to achieve. So she talks about the need to achieve versus the need to feed our soul. And it just resonated so much with me. And it was so relevant to where I was at at this time. And I, I hope some of these tips are really relevant to you as well, because I think this is what a lot of us are grappling with. It's this sort of soul's desire with the kind of need to match that with what's happening in the world and the need to achieve and this need to sort of prove ourselves and And often it can be related to all these deeper core wounds that we have and conditioning from childhood, which I talk about a lot, like a lot of that, what was said to us as kids and experiences that we've been through and maybe traumas, all of that shapes this sort of how we are able to settle within ourselves. And so I guess it's just knowing that it's very normal to feel like this. Lots of us have these feelings. It's very human to feel like we're, you know, desiring more and we're not enough and, and It's all very normal and it's okay, but I wanted to offer this advice because I guess that's a big part of what I'm always trying to do is kind of normalize these things that we all feel, share with you what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing, and then hopefully help you to feel like you're not alone in that and some things that you can do maybe to sort of work with it. So hopefully this is helpful for you. So her first point, she said, in terms of, you know, getting the right mindset, she says that you need to adopt three sort of central mindsets to I guess, deal with this inner conflict. So she says, number one is just to be you and to be alive is enough. So it's knowing that your worth comes not from your achievements, but from the mere fact of your existence. She says, no, not mere at all. Let's rewrite that sentence. Your worth comes from the wondrous fact of your existence. This applies to all beings with the possible exceptions of mosquitoes, which I completely agree with. And maybe snakes. I don't really like snakes. Um, But she says, so it's all about that knowing that you're enough just for being you. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that so hard. Like, it's just like on an, on an intellectual level, I get that. Like, I know that I need to know that I'm just enough just for being me. But actually getting that is really hard. Like, believing that, I think, is really hard. So I can say that to myself, but there's a lot of blocks around genuinely believing that all I need to do is be and just be in this world and that's enough you know i'm so conditioned to think that i have to achieve to be enough so you know that that first point's great but gee it's hard and it's like it feels like lifelong work to bloom and well get to that point of that knowing of you are enough you know just for being you but anyway i fully am on board with that and i get that that's the work that i need to do and perhaps that's where you need to start Uh, so, you know, and she also suggests that we're unique just for being us because we've got a, a unique soul's code and I'm totally down with that too. I love the spiritual element of like we're on a soul's journey and this is just the journey that we're on in this lifetime with this soul. So I love that, but I just really struggle to get that. So, Oh, that's the other point that she makes, though. As part of that unique code in your soul's journey, it's like figuring out what your unique code and your unique journey is. And actually, that's been a lot of the work that I've been doing with Two B Magnetic, which I've recommended a number of times and I absolutely love. So part of that is working out what your authentic code is and part of that is going back again to your childhood and figuring out, like I just shared with you the story, around you know me singing The Lion King when I was, I think I was like 12 or something, and, you know, so that led me to being to uncovering part of what my authentic code was around entertaining people and the need to be seen and, you know, that sort of, that, I guess that also that creativity and that sharing and that performing. So tapping into stories and things that you did and things that you love to do as a kid, uh, that can be really good at indicating to you what your authentic code is and what your soul's code is. And I also find that quite hard, to be honest, because I grew up riding horses and maybe also just my memory's terrible, uh, I have found that I find it really hard to actually kind of remember what I loved to do as a kid. Cause I grew up riding horses, but I think that was just because that's what we did. It wasn't necessarily because I loved it as such. Like, I just didn't really get a choice in that. I'm very grateful for that, that I did that because it was such a great experience, but I don't feel like it was actually my passion as such. So I have been able to tap into these moments of knowing that and dance. I did dance that really, you know, I loved that and I loved being in the theater and I loved being performing. So that's been a really good indicator for me around why I love talking like this on podcasts and entertaining people. And I love public speaking. I just, I love a crowd. I love that having an audience. So that's been great for me to uncover that. So that's really helpful for tapping into what your authentic code is and figuring out what your unique code is. And I guess that's, yeah been ongoing work for me for a number of years now but I've managed to get closer to it I think with this to be magnetic work so and doing journaling and all that kind of stuff really helps with that too you've got to actually get pretty it's like thinking about it is not enough I think you've got to do some deeper these you know hypnotic work meditative work journaling work that sort of thing to really uncover it and Susan's third point was that we need to give something back to the world, but not as much as you think. And she says, just helping one person is enough. And I love this idea of contributing back and helping and serving. Like a lot of spiritual teachings talk about the idea of serving others. Uh, And so I think that can give you a real sense of purpose in life as well. And it's something that I am always tapping into. But my ego always makes me well, tells me and is quite mean to me and beats me up and says, you're not really doing it for other people. You're just doing it for yourself. And so sometimes I have a lot of trouble deciphering, like, is this because I'm genuinely doing it for other people or is it my ego just telling I'm telling me I need to do it to prove myself? So that can get a bit tricky, I find, internally. So I don't know if you struggle with that as well, but gee, it's complex, isn't it? I mean, this who would have thought life was so challenging? Anyway, those are her three points. So first of all, figure out, well, you know, lean into the belief that you are enough just for being you, which is in my experience, extremely hard, but good luck with that. Uh, The second thing was figuring out what your unique soul's code is, which I love that work. And I'm, you know, I really encourage everybody to do that and figuring out and going back deep onto like what it is that you feel like you're meant to do here. Also not that easy for some of us. Um, And the third thing is just helping yeah, helping someone else, but knowing that you don't have to change the world. I think that's another thing that I can really get into around the helping other people is like feeling like I've got to serve thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, hence the 96,000 people crowd. But really we can just help. Maybe it's just helping your kids or your husband or your best friend, you know, like you don't actually need to make huge changes in the world. Everybody's different in what the change they want to make, you know, or the people that they want to serve. So I think that's really important. So where do we get to and where do we land with all of this stuff? There are things that we can do and work on to try to reconcile this feeling inside of us of wanting more and wanting calm and peace. And I think from a spiritual sense, I have that knowing. I have an understanding, sorry, of this. But the knowing it and the believing it is still my work. And I just want to read to you a little passage from Matribo, who I love, you know, it it's the signpost back home book that Jack Lewis has Sort of collected and collated and written from Matribo. And he talks about this, how we kind of get averted away from ourselves, uh, you know, like when we don't tap back into that true essence of who we really are. And he says that we come into the world with a knowing in the presence that we're enough and just for being ourselves. But then the shiny toy shaken in front of our eyes called personhood This persuades us to divert our attention from inner absorption towards the outside and adopt an image of ourselves assembled by others. We were encouraged to invest our attention and energy into this new avatar of a separate doer. In this way, our outward journey began with its joys and all its suffering. He goes on to say, at a certain point on a seeker's path, it becomes obvious to her that she has to settle her one relationship with herself, her own relationship with herself. It is her fundamental primary relationship. All other connection begins after that. A parent, a child, a lover, a friend, they all appear after that primary relationship with herself. Nothing can ever really be right without you falling in love with yourself for a second time. It's just not possible. Everything flows from that connection inside yourself. And so the quest for inner peace, feeling enough, and contentment is all an inside job. Who knew? oh my goodness, you know, I feel like this is where we get to or I get to so often. It's all just comes back to that inner work, your inner self, the inner knowing, you know, and and I think all of what I've shared today is really about that. It's everything stems from you loving yourself, feeling enough inside yourself and just that's the work and it will continue obviously to be my work until I can find a place of that true inner contentment and knowing that I'm enough. And in the meantime, I guess I've just got to kind of I guess work on that not beating myself up for that I think that's what I tend to do and the ego tends to be like well you just you know you're you're not good enough at this or you know I'm not even good enough at being able to figure out that I'm enough you know this is a constant kind of self-criticism around not feeling enough so I hope that this has been helpful for you it's been a bit meandering and wandering but I guess What I'm trying to share with you is that what I'm grappling with at the moment is this idea of needing to achieve versus needing to feel this inner sense of calm and peace. And I think for me, it's going to continue to be a lifelong journey. And hopefully if you're feeling like this as well, that this has been helpful for you to just go, oh yeah, I'm not the only one. And, you know, knowing that there's some things that we can do and it's like the work to keep working on this feeling of loving ourselves and feeling like we're enough inside. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to share with you, I was just looking at my notes from when I wrote my Substack was that I wanted to add as a helpful tip is the importance of sharing this with someone else. Because you know, often this stuff just mills around in our head and over and over and over and we can kind of go nuts with it. But the other day just after I'd written this Substack, I shared it all with Tim and I like voiced it out and a lot of it it just felt really good to share it with him. And, you know, I share all of this stuff with Meg all the time. And so it just reminded me that it's really important to have support people around you and just people to mull this stuff over with. Because when we're having this internal conflict and we're beating ourselves up, it can be really, I don't know, it's just really hard. I also had a really great chat with my beautiful friend, Leonie, about this uh, one morning. She actually read the Substack and she's like, oh, I'm feeling very similar. Let's have a chat about it. And we had such a great debrief on how we're both feeling and, and that sense of, you know, constantly wanting more and all of that. And it was, it was so helpful. It's just so helpful to have a chat about it. So if you want to have a chat with me about it, reach out. I'll have a chat with you. It's so important to talk about these things and it can be so, so helpful. So I would love to know if this resonates with you at all, if you have this internal battle around this need to achieve versus wanting, you know, the calm and peaceful life. And yeah, please reach out, send me a message, send me a DM on my Instagrams, and I would absolutely love to hear from you. I hope this has been helpful. I love sharing. I guess I spend most of my life learning, and I love being able to share it with you in the hope that maybe it gives you some helpful insight or some joy and encouragement to keep going. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope this has been helpful. I'll add some links for some references uh, that I mentioned in the show notes, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.